Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers, I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie D. And pull over when you're getting a blowjob. You might, it might you just might save, a life. save the world. And if you didn't want to know that, then you shouldn't be listening to the show because that is a spoiler. She was giving him a blowjob? I thought she was just tying his shoelaces. I think that's what she was doing. Or like- um, That's dangerous when you got your foot on the pedal. Tightening, tightening his belt or something, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he dropped something Rolling and she picked it up his black jean cuffs. <laughs> he dropped something and she was picking it up. <laughs> With her mouth. Uh, I guess, was that a spoiler? You decide. <laughs> because what we do on this show is we look at all the promotional material for an upcoming Hollywood blockbuster or a straight-to-Netflix uh, movie, and then we attempt to predict as much of the plot as humanly possible, and then when the movie comes out quite like this week, we revisit it and see how close we got to predicting it. And for the first time ever in the history of this show, just wanted to point this out for all our wonderful listeners. I don't know if this is going to happen again. I think this is going to be a frequent thing. Every movie that we've ever covered on this show is currently available to watch. Yes! <laughs> yes! We have no movies that are up and coming. You don't have to buy shit now. Well, you have, well, to, you have to buy your Netflix You have to go to the movies and you have to pay for your subscriptions. No matter how you're seeing the movie, you're going to have to pay for it unless you're, you know... Watching it illegally. You could do that if you want to. Well, let's not promote that, but yes, don't. You could. I don't. This is just for you and us, listener. Don't tell anybody else. Anyway, let's get into talking about the movie that we're here to revisit this week. Army of the Dead. Mm. Army, Army of the Dead. Wow. <laughs> this is a movie that we covered around this point two years ago. It was a movie we were very excited for. We thought the promotional material looked pretty good. It that did. Have, that it had a really colourful poster with sort of like eye-popping graphics on it. We're like, oh, that looks fun. It doesn't look like your standard zombie fare. The cool trailer, premise. The, the, it was a cool premise. Very similar to the, the video game Dead Rising 2, but let's ignore that. Cool actors, cool cast of characters, and a, a pretty fun-looking trailer too. So, needless to say, we were hyped, but we're here to explore this week what happened with the movie. Because <laughs> if we remember, Zack Snyder had a whole franchise planned around this one movie. So, he's like, this is the kicking off point for a massive franchise. So, forget about the Justice League. Forget about the DCEU. That's done. And it certainly is. <laughs> well, he was right there. Yeah. So. I'm going to do my own franchise and it's going to be as big as like Marvel. It's going to be as big as the MonsterVerse. It's going to be its whole thing. So, of course, within like months of this movie coming out, we already had a prequel planned, which was Army of Thieves, which did come out. Mm-hmm. I don't know if- I, I didn't see it, to be honest. Oh. There's a reason for it, but uh, we were originally going to cover the the prequel as well. But then as soon as I saw <laughs> Army of the Dead, I was just like, we're having nothing to do with that prequel. No thanks at all. And so, I just refused to watch it because I'm like, I don't really care about this franchise. How did we get to that situation? We're going to discuss it this episode. So, there was supposed to be an anime series as well. Nothing's happening with that. There was supposed to be, I think, a TV series as well. Nothing's happening with that. I think there was supposed to be like a comic book series as well. Nothing's happened with that. (laughs) So, I think this franchise is dead in the water as of this movie. Well, the franchise never started. Yeah, exactly. Well, they have two movies, so- I guess. But they were, of course- count two movies as a franchise, They, of course, were bought and paid for by Netflix in advance. So, they're just laughing all the way to the bank because, you know, even though- Well, we'll talk about the success of this movie and its prequel in a second. But even if the movie isn't successful- They still got paid in advance, so they're laughing. So, Netflix wears it at the end of the day. So, Army of the Dead, let's get into it. So, this was a movie that we teamed up to predict the plot of together. So, Matty D and I um, like quite like the crack team of mercenaries in this movie, or the bumbling team of mercenaries in this movie. We teamed up to really nut out an idea of what we thought was going to happen in the movie. Whether that worked in our favour or not, I suppose we'll find out. Because I think we both went in with very different ideas of what exactly this movie was going to be. Yeah. And was that different? certainly did. Was that different to what the movie gave us? I can almost guarantee you that's exactly the case. So, listening back to that original episode, which, by the way, if you haven't seen Army of the Dead, and if you haven't listened to our original Army of the Dead episode, I'd strongly recommend both watching the movie first, if you really want to, or just listening to our original episode first, because we're only going to make references to what we said in that original episode. We're not going to break down the plot beat by beat. We're not going to explain all the characters in detail. So, if you have trouble keeping up, go back to that original episode or even just watch the movie. Otherwise, I think you're going to struggle a little bit listening to this episode. So, now that that disclaimer is out of the way, yes, listening back to that original episode, I'm going to say was an incredibly frustrating experience for me. How did you feel about it, Matty D? Yeah, very frustrating. This is uh, this was a plot that we both had very strong ideas about yes. what we thought the movie was going to be. And what the characters were going to be. the characters were going to be. And it was completely opposite to each other. We were not on the same page at all. We made a lot of compromises for the worst. Like, yeah. it ended up our compromises took us further away from the movie in a lot of ways. But yeah, 
Yeah, we, we were not on the same page at all. I think this really does boil down. I'm just going to alleviate the blame from us. I'm going to say I think this really boils down to an issue with the marketing for this movie. So, I think the people who marketed this movie, of course, being Netflix, saw the movie and they were like, this is not the movie that we thought it was going to be. Yes. So, I don't know what our audience is going to think of this one or like fans of zombie movies or we don't know how to sell it. So, let's sell it like it's a really sort of high paced, fun time. Laughs are plenty, gore are plenty, sort of like it's a zombie land, more epic version of zombie land with explosions and machine guns and a full crack team. It's like aliens with zombies. It's that's, that's in a, the movie Aliens. It's a very good description. The um, James Cameron movie, of course. Yeah, no, it, and and it was a very different movie to that. Yes, I think we can say straight off the. So bat. I think they really wanted as many people tuning in as possible to make back their investment. Yeah. So they're like, let's sell it as like a really fun, high octane <laughs> movie, and that's not really what the movie was. So I sort of feel like they just tricked us. And I think it's really obvious from our impressions of the movie, and I think everybody's impressions of the movie that what they delivered really wasn't what they sold us at the end of the day. I think if it was more clear what they were giving us, we would have been closer to the plot. Also, the one trailer that we went from, the one teaser trailer that they gave us before the movie came out, had nothing in it. Most of it turned out to be like a fantasy sequence within the movie. There's a moment in the movie where they're all talking about like how the plan's going to go down. Everything's going swimmingly. They're all badass zombie fighters, which is never the case in the actual movie. The whole heist is never as impressive as they imagine it beforehand. And so, all the footage that they showed us was just that imaginary sequence, making it look like the movie was more badass than it actually turned out to be. Mm. And it took most of the action scenes, most of the impressive action scenes in the movie and threw it in that trailer. That's right. Most of the fun stuff is in the trailer. And there's a lot of movie. That's right. There's a lot of movie that's not that. Now, as is standard, we're going to break down our thoughts on the movie, like our own personal feelings on the movie, and really sort of review it after we- discuss how well we did predicting it, but I think the movie ended up being very different from its initial conception. Because I don't know if we discussed- No, we didn't discuss this at all last time because I don't think I remembered this, but if you remember, Zack Snyder's daughter actually died a couple of years before he made this movie. So, I believe this movie was in the works since about 2009. He went on to work on those DCEU movies, but he was always planning to return to this project. So, his initial concept for this movie, or for this franchise rather, was probably closer to what we imagined it was going to be. And then just through his own personal circumstances, he really chose this movie as a vehicle to sort of vent his own personal sort of like grievances and um, guilt, I suppose, about his relationship with his daughter, because that I think that really shows in the movie as well. It, it does show in the movie, but and I, and I think that almost just kind of happened. I don't know if he used it as a vehicle or whether that was weighing on his mind that it just sort of seeped into the movie. But yeah, yeah. it definitely shows, especially with the relationship of Dave Bautista and his daughter and his family and the, even the zombie couple, which yes. none of us guessed that was going to happen. No. Um, that, that's a big thing in this movie that there's a- there's a Zack cu- Snyder is obsessed with pregnant zombies. <laughs> that's the weird thing about him. Yeah. He's done two movies now with pregnant zombies. The zombies are more intelligent or some of them are more intelligent than most movie zombies. And there's a zombie yeah. couple. And of course, the zombie girlfriend or the zombie wife- I don't know if they can get married in the zombie world, but the zombie girlfriend, the zombie mother dies. This <laughs> is so crazy. And, and the zombie the zombie man got angry. You know, that, that yeah, sort of seeped into the zombie side of things. Yes. So, when you watch the movie as well, you can see where there were originally elements of like a more fun, uh, more lighter movie. It's two movies rolled in one, really. Yes. Which is why it's two and a half hours long. Yeah. Because I can guarantee you it was a lot shorter in its initial conception. And then when they added in all this sort of heavy-handed melodramatic stuff. <laughs> well, we'll talk about it at the end of the episode. But I think that really added to- Well, it really added a different element to the movie, which really changed it, really turned it on its head. For the better or for the worse, I guess, you know, you can insinuate from our from our tone talking about it, you know, if it was for the better or for the worse. But like I said, we'll really break it down at the end. So, let's get straight into how well we did. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I just wanted to point out straight away, we were told in the pre-release material that Hiroyuki Sonata's character, you remember Hiroyuki Sonata? Yes, yes. When, when was the last time we talked about him? Well, was it uh, Mortal Kombat, right? Well, actually, it was last week when we talked about John Wick Chapter 4. Oh, yes, that as well. Because he was Koji in that. Yeah. But yes, this is the third week in a row where we're talking about a Hiroyuki Sonata movie. And it won't be the last because we've got more movies with Hiroyuki Sonata in the future. You just remembered he was in Mortal Kombat because I said that in the original episode, didn't you? No, that that was the biggest, like, because he was a main character in that movie, Mortal Kombat. Sure, but you didn't remember him when we talked about John Wick Chapter 4 last week. No. Yeah, you're just remembering because I pointed it out in the episode that you, you know just You know how tired to. I was last episode? <laughs> I'll let it slide this week. So, 
We were told he was called Hunter Bly. It's actually Bly Tanaka. Right, okay. So, there's no character called Hunter Bly in the movie at all, which is good because we never mentioned him, really. Well, we sort of did, but we'll get into it. We do, and we're wrong, so. But, yeah, so, the the character's just called Bly Tanaka, so we'll just refer to him as Tanaka in this episode, but, you know, we only referred to him once in that original episode, so it didn't hurt us too much, but like I said, we'll get into it. So, let's get straight into it. So, Matty D, can you please explain our point system to anybody who may not be familiar in these episodes where we teamed up. Yeah, so because we teamed up, we're going to split the work 50-50 like any good mercenary team. Uh, I'm taking everything that we got wrong in our plots. Kieran's going to take everything that we got right in our plots, and we're going to balance those out and see, just on a scale, how well we did based on those numbers. Yeah, that's right. We're going to create a ratio of right to wrong. And then depending on which way the scales lean, I guess that will really tell us overall how well we did did with predicting it. So, we said that the prequel to this movie, Army of Thieves, will centre around Dieter and how he became a safecracker. That's exactly right. We knew nothing about that movie. We just knew that he was going to be the main character in it. So, pretty easy guess, I think. But that is exactly what it turned out to be. So, yeah, I guess a little bonus prediction there. That's good. We said that the movie would take place in the early days of the zombie apocalypse and regular society and currency still exists. Now, at the start of the movie, the zombie outbreak has only just happened, and then I think we jump forward six years, which I get into a little bit later, but it's not like it's the zombie apocalypse. You sort of had this idea when you were talking about the plot in that original episode that we're in the zombie apocalypse, but there's still pockets of society left. Yes. Sort of like Land of the Dead. Yes. Or something like Day of the Dead or something like that. The world is not completely... Yeah, ab- ab- apocalypified at this yeah. point, but, but really we, it's just one section. We eventually settled on there are pockets of where zombies are and the rest of the world is completely fine, mm. which is what is actually the case in the movie. It's just one location. The outbreak is only in Las Vegas for most of the movie. So, yeah, that's correct. We said that most of the movie wouldn't take place during the initial zombie outbreak and the world has adapted to the zombie crisis. That's exactly true. There's no real zombie crisis at this point. No. Um, or ever, really. Well, they- <laughs> Well, uh, yeah. We'll get to it. We said that the movie opens with the zombie outbreak in Las Vegas. That's technically true. We even start off at Area 51. We see the zombie being transported, that he gets let out, and then he goes into Las Vegas, of course, because when you're out in Nevada in the middle of the night, where else are you going to go? Now, we said that during the opening credits, we'll see random people in the casino being eaten by zombies. Absolutely true. To a wonderful Richard Cheese song, directly <laughs> referencing the original Dawn of the Dead. Well- The 2004 Dawn of the Dead movie, I almost misspoke there. We said that the opening will end with the military bombing the Las Vegas Strip with fighter jets. That's absolutely true. Yes. We said that Las Vegas is left in ruins, but the government weren't successful in killing all the zombies. That's true. Absolutely true. true. I don't think they achieved anything with that military (laughs) jet bombing. Well, they closed it. No, not with the bombing, though, but they closed off. They uh, put containers around it. (laughs) We said that we were introduced to Scott Ward, who is rescuing someone's wife from a zombie infested area. This was an idea that you had. That's exactly how we're introduced to him. That was incredible. And we said that Kate Ward is Scott Ward's daughter. Right. We were right. Now, that is not information we had ahead of time. So, that truly was a prediction on our part. So, we won the game of daughter or wife. That's correct. We said that Scott's wife died tragically. That's absolutely true. (laughs) Of course, that was going to happen. There was a really out of place scene where Scott Ward is just forcing a knife into his zombified wife's head while everyone cries. And I was just like, that was really early in the movie too. And I'm like- That was the point where I'm like, what movie is this? (laughs) Uh, We said that most of our mercenaries will meet their fate by being blown up. Again, that was something you said. Yes, most of the main characters are blown up in the movie. Whether they're being eaten by zombies or not, there's always a circumstance where they end up blowing up. (laughs) So, there's a person who's carrying like a gas gas tank tank on their back and one of the characters shoots the gas tank as they're being eaten and it blows up. I wish it was more true to life where like just a bullet hole goes into the gas tank and the gas just leaks out. No, it's movies. Come on. Yeah, of course it's a movie. But wouldn't it be funny if she's just going, oh, man, I'm being eaten beaten by zombies and now I'm covered with gasoline as well. And then, of course, there's a character who commits suicide and, like, releases the grenades on themselves. Lots of blowing up characters in this movie. We said that most of our main characters will die in the movie. That's true. Only one truly survives. We said that the character of Dieter is an eccentric comic relief scaredy cat who isn't as tough as the other mercenaries. That's what we settled on, and that's true. Okay. All right. What? What? You don't disagree? Are you saying like I? I said thought, something different. Yeah, I thought because we we spoke about this character, we thought he was going to be a real like. Well, initially flam- you're like he's going to be more of a mercenary than Dave Batista, which I was like, there's no sure, way that that's sure. true. But we kind of said that he was going to be, or I guess the point of our conversation was he was going to be like really flamboyant and a real character. 
Yes. I, we did say he was going to be a scaredy cat two times. I don't know. And he is. He, yes, we were right on the scared, scaredy cat. More you than me because that's what you thought he was going to be like a scaredy cat, not not used to the zombie apocalypse kind of guy. I just took the elements true. that we said that were true. You can probably have elements in your side that well, were false. Yeah, I do. So, but yes. <laughs> well, I guess we'll go into it later. Because we both had different, like almost 100% different conceptions of the character, we were both right and wrong yeah. simultaneously. Yeah. We said that the character of Vandero is friends with Scott. That's true. They used to work together rescuing survivors from zombies. Yeah. We also said that Vandero has an antagonistic relationship with Dieter. That's true at first, but they end up becoming friends. Best relationship in the movie. Yeah. I could have just watched the movie with the two of them as the main characters. Yeah. It would have tied into the prequel better as well. We said that Vandero would love money. That's kind of true if you think about it, because at the end of the movie, he survives a nuclear blast and steals millions of dollars from the casino vault and goes on a spending spree. <laughs> like the first thing he does is he rents out a private plane. You know, cracks out the champagne, so you've got to love money to go through all of that. We said that Lily, the coyote, is a tough, cold, no-nonsense mercenary who's handy with a gun. Nailed it. That's absolutely true. She's not much else. We said that Kate Ward, of course, Scott Ward's daughter, is the heart of the movie. I guess that's true. I would say that's true, yeah. She's only going into the zombie zone to rescue a friend of hers who's been zombie-napped. <laughs> zombie-napped. Well, this woman stupidly went in there to do something. I think she went in there to steal money. Why and then did she, she got go in there? To steal money from a slot machine. Okay. Because she's living in poverty and sort of like a quarantine camp. Yeah. And wants to get out of the camp and, you know, have a happy life. But then she goes in and she gets kidnapped by the king zombie. And there was this waste of time character that would sneak people from the quarantine zone into the, like, apocalyptic zone to, I guess, steal money and stuff like that. That was the coyote. That was the coyote. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Lily, the coyote, (laughs) took her into the quarantine zone, which is why Kate punches her in the face and is just like, you know, why did you take her in there? Mm. You've doomed her. And she's like, well, you know, what they do in there is up to them. I only take them in. Yeah. So, yeah, not really a, a waste of time character I, since she's I, one of our main characters. I thought she was. Actually, I agree with you. She was a waste of time character. She contributed almost nothing to this movie except for giving exposition. She was just there to explain everything at first. But then we, once we had the ball rolling, completely useless. She was just standing outside with a gun. Yeah, well, it could have been a cool character. <laughs> you know, I don't want to go ahead too far, but like could have been a cool character. But she got overshadowed by everything else that was going Absolutely. on. Absolutely. There were too many characters in this movie. Yes. They're just way too- You needed to, like, carve down at least half the characters yeah, yeah. in this we, movie. We, we only need one asshole police guy or guard guy. Like, th- yes. that's, that's it. You don't need two. Yes, exactly. We said that the movie would take place three to five years after the initial zombie outbreak. We were so close. It was six years later. <laughs> so, technically true. Well, well, the point that I count as correct is that, like, yes. it's been several years since the initial outbreak. Yeah, we, we got the vibe of it. Yes. We said that the military has contained the zombie outbreak into isolated areas. One area to be exact- <laughs> So true. We said that the casino owner hires Scott Ward to get his money back before the government nukes Las Vegas. That's 100% correct. We pulled that out of nowhere. By the end of the episode, I was so glad because I didn't think we were going to get to it, but we finally did. And it was your idea too. And I was like, oh, thank God. (laughs) We finally got the big plot of the movie. Now, we said that the first half of the movie would be Scott hiring the other mercenaries. That's true. It's actually an hour before we get into the zombie isolation zone. The zombie zone, as I called it earlier. Yeah, true. We said that Scott doesn't want Kate to come with them, but she insists. We said that that always happens in movies like this, and we were absolutely right. Because this is a circumstance where, like, this does really happen all the time in movies. Anytime there's, like, um, the first example I can think of is Jurassic Park 2. Remember how Ian Malcolm goes to, like, Isla Sauna or, yeah, it's Isla Sauna, isn't it? Where they, like, grow the dinosaurs, and and his daughter sneaks along, and he's like, you can't be here. I want to rescue mum. You know, that's old, tired cliche. We said that Dita is the brains of the operation. Now, I know that's very loose, but he's literally the only member of the team who can get into the safe, making him the most important character in the entire movie. Yeah, and I guess he's hired for his- His brains. His brains. His expertise, yeah. More than his, you know, firearm. Because apparently in the prequel, he enters like safe cracking competitions. Because apparently in the universe of this movie, there's safe cracking competitions. (laughs) Is that something that exists in real life? I don't know, but it's a a universe we're never getting to explore again. No. How sad. Outside of that prequel, of course. We said that our main characters are all over the top and quirky. I I counted that as correct because some of them are, like half of them are quirky, the other half aren't. So we've got like the the YouTuber who goes around filming himself killing zombies for fun. We've got like the the weird tourist girl who's like posing next to zombies with a phone. We've got Dieter, of course. That's about Uh, it, really. You know, I guess you could say um, the the chopper pilot. Yeah, Tignataro's character. Centric in a way. What was her name? Peters. Marianne Peters. Marianne Peters. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, she was eccentric in her own way. So, like I said, some of them are eccentric and over the top. And others are, like, deadly serious and mean. So, eh. <laughs> and mean. Well, they're just mean for no reason. 
as is standard in movies like this, you've just got your characters who are completely irredeemable and have no sort of like third dimension to them at all. And they're just there as a cartoon character or just like shorthand character. Yeah, they're just people that like hit other people and rape them and stuff. Yeah, exactly. We said that our heroes make money from entering quarantine areas. Now, Scott Vandero and Cruz all used to do this. So, that's technically true. true. And Lily the Coyote also does this. Yeah. So, that's half of our main characters right there. Now, we said that the mercenaries' original idea is to sneak into the casino, load up the money, and helicopter out. That's true. Mind you, we also added in that they were going to helicopter in as well, which is not true, but I'm sure we'll get to that. Now, we actually had no idea at this point in our plot how the mercenaries would get the money out of the casino. And I think we ended up settling on something like, oh, there's an armored truck or something. (laughs) Yes, we did. That they load the money up into. But the movie also had no idea how they were going to get the money out of the casino. Interesting. I'm not counting this as something we got correct, but the movie just didn't think about how 12 people with duffel bags full of money would fit into a helicopter that's made for four people. Yeah. Which just means that Tanaka, who sent them in there in the first place, was just intending them to fail. Well, you so know- why was he bummed out at the end that he didn't get his money? To, to the movie's credit, they did say that the only thing he's interested in is the, the head of the- That's right. The supreme alpha. I think the alpha queen was her name. Yeah. That's all he cared about. So, they were destined to fail. But That's right. But why didn't Dave Batista or any of the other mercenaries kind of sit there and think, how are we going to do this? Yeah, it's a four-man helicopter. How are 12 of us going to get into it? So, were they just planning for them to die the whole time? Also, the helicopter was not operational, so- Yeah, and maybe they didn't know that going in, because, you know, Peter's- When she saw the helicopter, she was just like, what the hell? So, maybe it was a design to fail operation. It was, it was. So, the only thing- As you said, the only thing that Tanaka was interested in was getting the- Well, he originally wanted a vial of blood from the alpha zombie, Mm -hmm. but instead- What was the bad guy's name? Martin? I think his name was Martin. The bad guy? Which bad yeah, guy it was Martin. About? The one who oh, cuts off yeah, the- Oh, Mar- yeah, Martin is who his name is. Yeah, the one who cuts off the zombie queen's head. He was played by the guy who played two different characters in Deadwood. He played the guy who killed Wild Bill, uh, Jack McCall, I think his name was. And then he plays like a villain working for Hearst later on. That's where I know that actor from. But yeah, he played- We didn't talk about him at all because we didn't know who was going to be in the movie. But yeah. Garrett Dillahut. Yeah, that's it. That's the actor's name. Or something along those lines. Yeah, he was originally just going to get a vial of the blood. He instead got the head because he was like, well, you know, the head is, is a living organism, basically. It needs its brain to survive. It's still got its brain intact. This is going to be worth way more than just a vial of blood because we can take multiple vials of blood from this. Because apparently Tanaka wants to sell the zombie virus to the government, even though I'm pretty sure the government already knew about the zombies. <laughs> Slash started it. Maybe he wants to sell them to like overseas investors. Right. This is something they never explore in the movie. No, they've got too much um, emotional, you know, baggage father moments to go through. Yes, I think this was something planned for a sequel because Tanaka never really gets his comeuppance in this movie. He gets away scot-free, literally scot-free, because Scott isn't around to get his revenge. (laughs) Very nice. But yeah, it's it's a plotline that we're never going to see resolved, so we can only imagine what was going to happen. Now, we said that the mercenaries turn the power on when they enter the casino in order to access the safe. That's 100% correct. That's something we pulled out of nowhere, too. I mean, we see the power come on in the trailer, but, you know, unconnected to anything. How would we know? We said that our heroes need to be stealthy in order to get past the zombies. That's true. We dedicate at least 10 minutes of the movie to sneaking past sleeping zombies. Right. Okay. I'm just going to pretend I haven't seen I Am Legend, so it's still fresh. (laughs) So, we said that our mercenaries aren't successful in their mission. Well, they certainly aren't. (laughs) We said that once the planned heist goes wrong, our heroes realize that they can't get the money and need to escape with their lives. That's exactly what happens. They're not very successful at that either. We said that there'll be some internal conflicts within our team. Oh boy, are there. Now, you specifically predicted that Scott would do wrestling moves on the zombies. He totally did. He does like a suplex on a zombie and puts him through like a, a craps table. And it was awesome. Did you see that part? Yeah. Was that the, like the one scene in the movie where you just stood up and cheered? Yeah. <laughs> no. Would have yeah. nice. It would have been nice to see a Batista bomb, to be fair, or a spear. Okay. We can't always get what we want. Well, it doesn't like the Batista bomb involve him like jiggling his legs or, or arms around for a little bit. I couldn't see that like working in any, like with this character. No, he puts them in a power bomb and then he like throws them down and he like puts their crotch in his face with their legs uh, over well, his shoulder. Well, nobody shots. wants that with a zombie. And then he throws they already them smell the bad enough. He doesn't want to be like nuzzling their down. crotch. Yeah, I didn't see that in the movie. So, oh well, oh well, maybe in a future movie. <laughs> Now, we said that whenever the characters would betray the team, that's absolutely true. The character of Martin does betray the team. And it's so obvious from when he's first introduced that he's just there to betray the team. Yeah, I mean, and you could also say that Coyote did the same thing. Yeah, she say does. That, you know, because she's paid off by Martin. Yeah. Peter's also wants to in some capacity. Yeah, she so goes all- to leave, but then has a change of heart in the helicopter, that is, but then comes back to rescue them. 
Which again we've seen before in movies. That was straight from Aliens, I just realised. Because Bishop leaves in the spaceship and he was just like, oh, I just flew over here to avoid the electrical storm and then comes back to rescue them. We said that Lily, the coyote, will die in a dramatic way. She is killed by the king zombie who throws like rebar into her impaling against a wall. (laughs) That's pretty dramatic. We said that our heroes will have a dramatic escape in a helicopter. That's true. We said that Scott Ward will die sacrificing himself to save his daughter. Now, that's technically true. He's fighting the king zombie to protect them in the helicopter. He doesn't do a very good job, mind you. But I think the nuclear blast also had something to do with them crashing. Now, interestingly enough, (laughs) Kate spent the whole movie, the whole movie on a mission to rescue her friend from the, like, zombie quarantine zone. Yes. So, she basically risked her life to go into this one hotel where, for some reason, the zombie king keeps a stash of women. (laughs) Because the the way that they explain it in the movie is like, oh, he, he takes his time, like, turning them. I initially thought, like, he was impregnating them and then turning them in order to, for them to be pregnant before becoming right. a zombie. But I don't know if they ever explain that if that's actually the case. But I never say that. They're no. like, okay, he turns them one at a time. You know, in the order that he captures them, he turns them one at a time. So, they just have to wait there for days, basically, until they turn them, which is awful convenient. You know, if they if they she went in there and just died straight away, then there's there's no point Kate going and, in. And, and why did they, you know, turn the scumbag? Yes, that was going to be my next point. Away. So, they captured the scumbag sort of like security guard guy and they turn him straight away. And then this is already after they've explained that, like, he turns them in the order that he captures them. But I guess they just wanted to show the scumbag guy meeting his demise straight away. But it makes no sense. And then we've shown that the women are just there waiting in the wings to be bitten and unless, turned. Unless it's because he's a dude and they're, they're, the women maybe he... I don't, but it never explains It's never explained. Or- it never makes any sense. It's just convenient to the plot to have this character still be alive and still able to be rescued. But even saying that... At the end of the movie, the helicopter crashes and she dies instantly, meaning that all of that was a waste of time. Meaning her children don't have a mother. Exactly. So, the whole point of Kate's mission was, you know, if Kate didn't go at all, it would have had the same outcome. She might have escaped. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, she did escape. Obviously, she did, yeah. Yeah. She might be alive, I mean. Well, either way, the outcome was exactly the same. She would have been alive. She would have been alive. Either way. She's like uh, Indiana Jones in that first movie. If Indiana Jones was there, the same outcome would have happened. I mean- if Indiana Jones wasn't there, the same outcome would have happened if he was there. It's that same thing. So, it just means it was, well, with Indiana Jones, we're there for the ride. With Kate, it's just more frustrating because we're like, everything you do in this movie is just a waste of time. Anyway, back to what we were saying. We said that the casino they attempt to rob is blown up. That's true because yes. all of Las Vegas is blown up by like, what was that? A low powered nuke. So, I guess it's like slightly radioactive. We said that Vandero dies. Now, mind you, we don't see him die on the screen, but we do see that he has a zombie bite from the king zombie, which means that he's doomed to turn into a zombie, which, of course, is a death. So, in being fated to die, I guess that counts as him dying. Yeah, I think You'd so. agree? Yeah, I do, yeah. Fair enough. Now, we said that all the mercenaries would die except for Kate. Which is true. As far as well, we know- I mean, you know, true-ish. But as yeah. far as we know, everyone except Kate is dead by the end of the movie. There's some characters who we don't see die, so we don't actually know what happened to them. And we got Vandero who- surprisingly lives but yeah, yeah Vandero well sort of lives like I said he's doomed to well, become yeah. the next king zombie yeah so he's so pretty much dead that's a fate worse than death I suppose but he's going to die but yeah Kate is the only survivor that was shown to survive now there is a theory as well that um, Dieter survived though from the looks of it he, you know I don't know how he got out of that situation Mm. So, he was shutting Vandero into the safe because he loved him or whatever. We don't see it and he probably- Snyder probably did that And on we purpose. see him being dragged away by zombies, but Snyder did announce that Dita was going to return in the sequel. So, yeah. that <laughs> sort of insinuated that because we didn't see him die, there's every chance that he survived the outcome and we're going to see how that happened in the next movie. But because they're not making a next movie, he's dead. Th- this movie really banked on the popularity of Dita. They thought he was going to be yes. a breakout star. I think we thought that in the original prediction. Yes. So, it w- doesn't surprise me that they would have set him up to be possibly alive yes. at the end of the movie. Yeah, I think they were setting him up to be the main character of the franchise. Uh-huh. Because obviously, they're not going to have like Dave Bautista for every single installment because no. he's too expensive. Well, his character died. <laughs> and yeah, of course, they killed his character off. But I think they were really setting- like Exactly like you said, I think they were really setting up Dita- to be our hero in each installment. And I think that's that's even obvious from the prequel as well, where he's the main character. So, yeah, um, I guess um, that's what they were going for. Anyway, that was everything that we got right in the movie, giving nice. us a total of 40 points. Not bad. Not, not a, a bad, bad effort day. at all. Not a bad day in the office. Well, let me go into what we got wrong. I don't know if this is going to be a short list or a long list, to be yeah, honest. We'll see. We'll see. So, first, right off the bat, 
This is an action movie. There was no motorcycle chase. No. We got that wrong. What? No, they went <laughs> completely against formula. Crazy. It's we also th- not a horror movie and it's also not a comedy movie either. Yeah. What genre is this movie? Trash. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't okay. know. I don't know what genre you'd call this. Maybe it's kind of, I guess, like a sci-fi action maybe. I know yeah. that, not sci-fi quite, but that's the best I could come up with. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it is sci-fi in more ways than one because we'll talk about it at the end. Okay. I saw some really interesting stuff in this movie. Okay. So, the next thing I say, and, and a lot of these points are going to be things that we kind of got right and kind of got wrong. I, I kind of felt that we thought that Dita was going to be more of an eccentric, more of a flamboyant character than he was. He was, he was very- the most flamboyant character in the movie. He was. How could he be I, more I, I flamboyant? Kinda, I just kind of felt he was just a normal dude. He was really good well, I guess compared stuff. to the every other one note sad sack in this movie, he is kind of like a normal dude, but he is the only character sort of given jokes. I he yes. had the easy peasy lemon squeezy he, bit. Yes, he he was the only character giving jokes. I guess I, and maybe this just speaks to my perception. And Tignataro so as maybe well. It's, maybe I'm wrong. Or maybe maybe it's just like what I thought we were, the conclusion that we came to. I thought he was kind of going to be like the character. I'm, I'm trying to think. You know, it's 2016 Ghostbusters, who was- um, oh, Who wasn't a character in that movie? You know, um, what's, her, what's her name? Everyone is so wacky in the movie that wacky is normal. I guess I guess that's what I thought. I thought he was going to be wacky. And I thought that's what we were he was. saying. Was he though? Yes, compared to every other character, he was. All right, I guess I guess that that's kind of up even in compared the to I like don't, the zombie killing guy. I I think he was. Was in, he wacky compared to Lily the Coyote? Yeah, no. You saying she was more wacky than he? was? I think she was more of a character than he was. He was just like a normal dude who was good at crack. His his thing was he was good at cracking safes and he enjoyed that. That was his thing. But he would scream every time a zombie would attack. Sure, no other character did that. But I thought I have was- to say I completely disagree I, with this I, I as an that, incorrect point. I thought that like the YouTube guy was more of a character. I thought that the coyote he was barely was in the more movie. Of a character. Yeah, what was, but- what was his name? Oh no! <laughs> exactly. You remember Dita's name because they say it two hundred times. But I didn't. I didn't think Dita was like as eccentric as we thought he was. I agree that it's something we got right, but I kind of think it's not something we got accurate completely. But that's just me. That's just what. Okay. I that's what I'm counting. Anyway, next point. He let's leave the audience to decide well, that one. Yeah, write into us if you disagree. But on on Dita, we thought he'd carry around a baseball bat with spikes. Yeah, in it. it does not that happen. That was a lie at all. Now there's a huge, as you said, there's a huge fantasy sequence where they talk about the plan going right. Yes, he has that in that scene, and we we're like, that's going to be his thing. He's going to carry the baseball bat. He's going to be anti guns. No, not at all. We said that uh, Vandro was going to be a racial stereotype. I disagree. He that wasn't. He was. Yeah, uh, he wasn't as jive talking as they made him out to <laughs> no, be in the trailer. He wasn't the one line that he had in the trailer. He was the only character who had a line in that original trailer we watched. And it was sort of like <laughs> the most stereotypical line you could think of. Mm. But thankfully, thankfully, he was a bit more well-rounded than that in the actual movie. He was actually a cool character. I actually in- yeah. ended up liking him. He probably- was probably the most competent character in the movie. He was cool too. Like yeah. he was just a cool character. I ended up enjoying him a lot. But yeah, yeah me he, too. He wasn't overly funny. He had funny bits. We thought he was yeah. going to be cracking the. He jokes. was like the straight man to Dita's funny man. Mm, mm. And I guess you know, I know you said he was money hungry in the sense that he you know got all this money and took the plane out. But that was never really a huge. No, that was never his driving mo. I mean, he, the whole reason he's doing the job is because he wants money. Sure. Well, he said he didn't like his life as it was. Now he wanted the money. Yeah. I think what we thought he was going to be was more what uh, Peters was, who was just like, I'll take the, you know, I'll take the million. Yeah, I'll that's right. I'll take the 20 million. Yeah. I don't so care. So, we were wrong. We were wrong on that. For the best as well. Yes. Yes. We didn't give the movie enough credit in that respect. All right. We I was s- just thinking of, like, the black character in uh, Zack Snyder's 2004 Dawn of the Dead, who yeah. was, was just a huge racial stereotype. Hmm. True. And thankfully, they didn't go in that direction. No. Uh, this is all when we're talking about characters. Now, Lily- the Oh, ki- wait, there were two. I, saw, I forgot about Ving Rhames' character in that movie as well. Right. He was fine. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, we said Lily the Coyote. Okay, so when we were talking about Lily the Coyote, um, I think that she had more heart than we thought. She actually ended up being a, a sort of better yeah, person. Yeah, sort of. Conscience. Also, she was not a sniper. She was good with a gun. She was pretty competent, but we kind of had this idea that she was going to be- I'm like sure if she had a sniper rifle, she'd be good with it. That was me. I kind of thought that was what what was her thing, but it wasn't the case. you got to make guesses in this. Sure. All right. Now, Tanaka, we thought that he would be a mercenary. Uh, yeah, that's no. true. Well, we did. We did think he was going to be a mercenary. Yeah, he was. Turns actually, out he's the casino owner. He's the casino owner who hires them. So we were wrong there. 
We thought that there would be uh, they would be pretty much a team of five. I know that that's kind of the case, but it's a huge team. Yeah, that's right. There's uh, actually about ten or twelve of them yes. in the actual yes. movie. Uh, most of them get killed off pretty much straight away. There is a core team of five characters. There is. And the promotional material only showed these five characters. So, the fact that there were other characters just wasn't information that was given to us at the time. But you did see, like, a promotional cast photograph which mm-hmm. showed all the mercenaries that I didn't see. Yeah. So, you, unlike me, knew going in that there was going to be more than five mercenaries. And I think I was pushing for that on the episode. Yeah. <laughs> but And we ended up- I eventually ended up saying there probably is other mercenaries who get killed off. I yeah. didn't include that in what we got right because, you know, we were just both were so wrong on that count that uh, it's not worth counting as correct. But, the, yeah, even though there's, like, a team of five core, a lot of attention was given to just the random dudes yeah. as well. So, At kind points, of yeah. Uh, just like you said, we speculated how far from the zombie apocalypse we said three to five years. Technically, it's six. I know yeah. that's splitting hairs, but technically yes. we're wrong. We thought that the heist would go wrong. It certainly does. But yep. in a way- Go with me here. In a way, pretty much what they end up wanting to do is what they end up doing. Well- Bar the money. <laughs> well, that's not exactly accurate because what was the plan? Did any element of the plan go to plan? I guess not. I guess the the one part of the plan that I, I'm kind of counting that we got right is the helicopter out, even though the helicopter gets destroyed. Exactly. But I guess, okay, so I guess it doesn't go to plan at all. I guess I'm going to scrap that. On the, on the pilot- Peters, we thought that she would not be an important part of the team. She is essential. Yeah. Very important, given yep. a lot of CGI screen time. Yes. Enough that they could get away with. let's not forget that they replaced that other actor. And so, she had this permanent sort of like- Glow. Blurry <laughs> haze around her every time she was on the screen, because she was just green screened into the movie. In fact, they even gave her like a little green screen in the helicopter, if you noticed. Yes. And I, I theorized that they, the whole reason that they gave her, like, that green light above her head was because they couldn't get rid of, like, the green glow from the green screen off her helmet. It was so jarring, especially if you know going in yes. that she's been replaced. Like, that- like her shadows never make sense. Yeah. Or she, ca- never, she never interacts or touches any of the other characters. No, the interactions between her and other characters are just Dave so- Dave Batista said that he never met her. <laughs> well, it and shows! Have, and they have it scenes. Shows. They have scenes together it in the shows. Movie. Oh, that would have been so hard, though. Like, yes. To, to apparently, they spent uh, at least $15 million just on putting her in the movie. Mm. Wow. And she was good in that role. When, sure. Like, in the time that she could have in that role. But, like, it just did just- Oh, it was it was a little messy. Yes, it was. But very hard to do. So, I, I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't know how to, you know, achieve that. I love that they had this one really awkward ADR line where they changed he to she. Yes, I, I noticed that, too. <laughs> I was like, because I rewound it. I was like, did they say he? Is that what they said? And they're like, you know, they they altered it. In post. Yes. Uh, we thought that the world would be more a, more of an apocalypse yeah, than we it actually was. This already, We've yeah. already discussed that. That's something we write. We said that the team was going to be, I think, Small. more quirky. Yes. And they were not. So I'm counting that as something we got yes. wrong. Yes, I, I talked about that as well. We thought that Dave Batista, Scott Ward, was going to be a straight mercenary only after, you know, money and sort of his heroic side would- Reveal mm. itself, but actually, he's a good guy. He's a hero. He just ends yes. up wanting to do this one mercenary job. We thought he was going to be a mercenary his whole life. We thought he was going to be like a scumbag who comes around. <laughs> That's right. We said that him and his daughter have a close relationship. Yeah. No, they do not. They have a very strained relationship, and it is the They're estranged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They end up deciding to go out for a meal. That never happens, obviously. <laughs> nope, it doesn't. What do they it? decide that they're going to go eat? I can't Tacos remember. or something like that? Something like that. No, lobster rolls. They right. decide that they're going to get lobster rolls. How cute. We decided against the idea that they would take money. We were like talking about how they'd get the money out. We we're like, oh, yeah. mate, we'll, we'll put it. They'll put money in the bags. And then we're like, no, no, no. That's too silly. That won't happen. They'll, yeah. they'll get an armored truck and drive the armored truck out. Wrong. I mean, they didn't get the money anyway, but there was no armored truck. Vandero got some of the money. He did. Yeah. In bags. So, I yes. guess we were sort of right. Well, we said they wouldn't carry it in bags, but he definitely did. There's no way, as I, as I already explained, there's no way that they could have gotten that money out. No. When you saw the whole room with all the money in it, like, that was my thought. I was like, how are they going to do this? Yeah. We said that the zombies would be, when they went in and robbed the casino, they would turn the lights on, as you said, mm. and all the zombies would be attracted to the casino. Not quite the case. No. No, that's not what we said at all. You said that the zombies would raid the casino. I said, no, they're already in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that was a point that's something technically well, not a part of our plot. Well, I thought we said that uh, the the sort of bright lights of the casino would attract zombies. Didn't we say that? Not really. I thought we did. No. 
Well, then we're fine then. Because <laughs> I thought so that's we two did. points you got to remove. Uh, well, yeah, it, I guess it kind of leads into a point that we got wrong. We kind of thought that the zombies were just going to be straight zombies. Yes, and kind of. You know, we thought that the zombies would follow the rules of regular zombies. Yes. Where I was going with this point was, you know, they would hear noises and be attracted to the noises. They're kind yeah, of right. smart and they're sort of levels of zombies. And Well, they are, sometimes they're smart. Sometimes they're smart, yeah. So, there's two different types of zombies in this movie. Well, there's actually three different types, but we'll talk about that later. So, there's our smart, fast zombies who are all turned by the same king zombie. Mm-hmm. And anytime the the lower zombies, so sort of like the lower smart zombies, the ones who have been turned by the king zombies, kill somebody, they turn into a regular, what they call shambling zombie. Yeah. Which are our standard movie classic zombies. Yeah. And they're basically brain dead idiots. And then there's the smart ones who can like dodge bullets and reason and come up with plans and stuff. Mm. And, and then there's the third zombie that we'll talk about later. <laughs> and- it's kind of implied, very strongly implied, that they're aware of our heroes and where they're at. Yeah, that's right. Pretty much at all times. And they're, they're watching just them. Letting them pass. That's right. Because they gave them the jerk guy as, as a, uh, like an offering. <laughs> yes. It's weird. So weird. We thought that they wouldn't get the money. And even though that is true, as you said, technically- uh, We never talked about the zombie tiger in that original episode. No. Why the fuck did we not even mention the zombie tiger? That was in the trailer, It was such a prominent part of the trailer and all the the marketing material. Would we have guessed that he was the pet of the king zombie? No. (laughs) So, I guess, you know, we would have said he was there. That was a leftover from like the more fun version of the movie. (laughs) Yes. Uh, We thought that Vandero would die. Yeah. He does. He doesn't die on screen. But he screen. doesn't die on screen. Yeah. Technically wrong. We said that the heroes would cause an explosion and use it as a distraction. Really, it's yeah. the military, like, bombing Las Vegas, so we're technically wrong there. I mean, we're right later on, but we're technically wrong with that. We thought that they would return to find the mobster and try to kill, as in Scott Ward would try to kill the mobster. Uh, who's Tanaka yeah, in the actual Tanaka. movie, but- uh, Not the case. As you said, the, the mobster never gets his comeuppance. We thought that- when our heroes escaped or what's left of our heroes escaped from the, you know, quarantined area, the Las Vegas area, that they would sort of open the doors and all the zombies would sort of spill out into yeah. the rest of the world. Now, I guess you could say Vandero was out there yeah. and there were, you know, Scott Ward as a zombie was out there as well before he died, but not the case as to what we thought. We thought that the zombie infestation would spread, doesn't it? Yeah, no. Well, not in this movie anyway. Uh, the way we thought Scott would die is wrong-ish. We thought that there would be an explosion or dramatic sacrifice. You said that is something we got right, but actually it's his daughter who kills I like kills that him. we already settled on like the whole city was going to be nuked. Mm. Well, at least the casino was going to be nuked by the government. Yet we still settled on that Dave Bautista was going to blow himself up for some reason to allow them to escape. Yes. Yes. Like, couldn't we just have said that he stayed behind and got blown up? Blown up, Yeah. Would have been wrong anyway, but more- Like, there wasn't enough room <laughs> that- on the helicopter. <laughs> yes, the four-person helicopter. I mean, He's we like- would have been wrong, but still. It would have been a better story. It would have been a better story, but yes. <laughs> than the movie. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, so he- there's a dramatic scene where his daughter, similar, it's foreshadowed by, you know, Dave killing his wife, his daughter kills him. Yeah. Very sad. So, not a not a dry eye in the house. Yes. Not a dry eye in the lounge room, because <laughs> this was on Netflix. <laughs> yes. So, that was everything we got wrong. Certainly was. I mean, it sounds pretty good. Don't forget to subtract two points. Yes, I've already done that. Perfect. So, it sounds pretty good. I think what's important to remember is that there was a lot that we said or a lot that we didn't say that was a huge part of this movie, a lot that we missed that we didn't even discuss. So, Yes, that's right. Our movie is far from what we actually saw. We got the bare bones of the plot, basically, is is what we, it boils down to. But everything we said was kind of true yes. in, in a lot of ways. Everything we said was kind of in So, the we were mo- missing a lot of the elements, mm-hmm. but- uh, I mean, a lot of the elements. I can't stress that enough. But we did get the bare bones of the story and the bare bones of the, the movie structure. Yeah. And with that, we got 20 things wrong. Whoa, 20 to 40. Yeah, right. We got double right to wrong. That's a pretty good ratio. It is good. Which means we were more right than wrong. And I think that really shows listening to that episode. Even though it's a messy prediction, in the end, we eventually came around to what the plot of the movie was going to be. More or less, as we just said. We missed key elements, but the plot structure in its loosest form, we kind of nailed. Yes. Yes, which is the whole point of the show. Yeah. Because we're exploring how formulate these kind of movies are. And then when they are true to formula, then obviously we're going to be more right than wrong. But let's talk about what the movie actually gave us. Obviously, we were not happy with what they gave us. 
I don't think anyone in the audience was happy with what they gave us because there's no franchise like there was originally intended to be. So, let's explore why we ended up being so disappointed by this movie and what our actual thoughts are currently on this movie. Manny D, take it away. I'm guessing we're going to have more of a discussion than two separate opinions. Because I'm sure we both feel the same way. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. What did they do with this movie? We were both really looking forward to it. It seemed like a fun premise. How could they miss with it? The movie I wanted to see was, you know, a kind of fun zombie movie. Ocean's Eleven with zombies. With a ragtag group of- Mercs. Mercs, interesting characters, and just a little bit of fun. I didn't want a long, long, long Mm. movie- peppered with those moments but then there's these huge sections of just this weird character quote-unquote growth and these sort of sad scenes as you mentioned the scene where dave batista kills his wife that was that was really tonally off for me yes there were so many of these we go from like a zombie standing up on a car being blasted with a gatling gun so Mm. we go from like laughing and pointing and being like cool look at that gore to like a really sort of out of place emotional sappy scene Really played for like drama and tears, and we're immediately like getting whiplash because the tone is so shifted. Yeah, it was like eating a breakfast cereal, mm. and you've got like the plain cornflake cornflakes, yeah, esque stuff, and then you got like these nice jellies, and they're like, "Oh, I got something good there. Yeah. Oh, I got something good there." But the rest of it sucked. That's kind of how this. And then there's like little pieces of shit <laughs> in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, what was that? So was that's that a cockroach? This- <laughs> I cannot stress enough how much this movie felt like it was two different movies that did yes. not connect at all, weaved in together, and then occasionally it felt like, as you said. It felt like they made the movie that we wanted and then they added all this extra stuff that yeah. just didn't fit in. So That's not as emotional relationship with his daughter drama movie. Yeah, you, you you sort of had this movie start where zombies are dressed as Elvis and people are getting shot. It's and you're Tignataro. Like, oh, cool. Tignataro is the Elvis at the start, which I thought was really oh, weird because I'm like, well, it's clearly not the same character. Yeah, that's that's a cool little cameo, I guess. Yeah. No, and then, you know, it's you're like, oh, this is going to be fun. Soundtrack was pretty good as well. I just want to give him points yeah, for that. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, and then, and then it kind of goes into this dark sort of depressing angle and you're yeah. kind of just like- the movie couldn't decide on whether it wanted to be fun and a good time and an action movie or like a dark, depressing sort of genre horror movie. Yeah. And it, or you, like, a, a, like a tear-jerking drama. You've got to commit 100% one way or the other. And this yes. was not the movie to make a tear-jerking drama. And I love Dave Bautista, but there's only so much of him sooking around that I can yes. take. I love him. But Anytime my- he or his daughter on the screen, like all the energy of the movie just gets sucked Ugh. out. And- they on paper these characters seem kind of interesting, but there were so many of them that you couldn't invest any time no. into any of them. And there was that one female mercenary with like the red bandana. Who yeah. was well, we didn't know her name. No, she was just there to be killed off. And yeah. I was like, we didn't we didn't need this character in the movie at all. There were so many characters like that. So many characters you could have done without. And yeah, so there was there's so many personalities that kind of got robbed. So you got introduced to this character and you're like, oh, his thing is this. And you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. Can't wait to see more of this. You didn't see any of it because they didn't have time to kind of give any moments to anybody else. And the time that they did spend, they spend on this sappy emotional stuff. Yeah. And so you, you kind of got robbed of that. So if the movie was fun, if the movie was, like, was less serious, more lighter, and more invested in the characters and our team, I would have there enjoyed was a it. Smaller, if, if it was like we predicted, and there was just a core team of five people, and we have enough time at the start of the movie to get to know the five people. So when they do die, mm. we feel something rather than just having you know a whole massive aliens-esque team of nameless people with like maybe one or two people we can name actually by name. <laughs> Without having to read their name printed on their shirt, like, hi, my name is Cummings. <laughs> or just, like, know them by threat. And it's like, that's the red bandana girl. Yes. That's, that's uh, you know, Dave we Bautista's would feel, friend. The movie would have a way bigger impact if that was the case. We've said this countless times. Like, we've talked about so many superhero movies. I mean, we only talked about Shazam! Fury of the Gods a couple of weeks ago, where they just throw in too many characters. We're never given an opportunity to care about, like, any of the superfluous characters. So, the movie's just a waste of time and too bloated from having too many characters. Yeah. When we're only going to care about like one or two. If any, and I didn't care about- It's not a TV series, it's a movie. It movie should worked. be one or two focused characters. If it's, a, if it's a team, make us care about a small core team. Yeah. You're never going to like a, a massive team of characters, unless it's something like an Avengers style team up movie, where we're already familiar with all these characters and we get to see them come together for a big journey. 
And I guess when they were writing this movie, maybe the characters to them were really strong, but it didn't translate to the screen. Like, I didn't Well, in making it, like, this weird sort of sappy drama, they completely, like I said, took away any chance that a lot of the characters have to have an impact. Yeah. Outside of just, you know, being the dull point where Dave Bautista's sooking around with his daughter, (laughs) as you said. And, you know, Dave was a huge culprit of that, but, you know- the weird zombie relationship, which I hated. Let's I- talk about the zombies, because I think that's the most important aspect of the movie, and whether this is a, a fail or a success of a, of a zombie movie, the zombies themselves- They're orcs. They're, yeah, they are orcs. In fact, they even dress like- They're orcs. That, that big uh, boss character from the first Lord of the Rings movie. Yeah. What was his name? Lurtz? Yes. The one who wears the helmet yeah, yeah. and the, fights the, Aragorn the, the at the Yurikai, yeah. Yeah, he basically has, like, the king zombie wears this helmet that's bulletproof. Actually, I liked that. I thought that was cool. Yeah, like, like that's an element of a more fun movie that's left behind in this trashy sort of overlong bloat fest. Mm. <laughs> it's like a zombie that's been out in the sun for too long, basically. <laughs> that's something that really pissed me off, I've got to say. When they first come into like the zombie zone, in your head and from the fantasy sequence, you're expecting to see like millions of zombies everywhere and how the hell are they going to work their way through this yeah. like army of zombies, army of the dead, let's say. They walk into the zone... The zombies are all sort of like mummified and sort of dried out from the sun and lying in big piles everywhere. And the first thing Lily says is like, oh, they're still alive. They're still technically zombies. But when it rains, you know, they'll come back to life and are reanimated. And what did you think? It was going to rain. I'm like, oh, man, that's going to be such a cool scene. Where they're outside and it rains and all, like, the petrified zombies come back to life. Or they're close to the door and it rains. Yes. That's what I was waiting for. Yes. They never (laughs) did that at all in the movie. They set up this great concept, a really fun concept that we've never seen before in a zombie movie and never went back to it at all, which is incredibly disappointing. Instead, we focused on, like, zombies throwing people into a pool and turning them into smart zombies and... Yeah. Yeah, this weird zombie family. I I didn't... I didn't love that at all. I mean, I, I, smart the zombies, zombies were never a threat in this movie. Not really, no. There's the scene. I, I mean, I like the scene where they're trying to set off the booby traps in front of the safe. So they have to keep bringing zombies down to set off the booby traps. But the zombies are obviously too stupid to work out just to walk straight ahead. So they have to come up with like they microwave a hand and throw it down the corridor to get it to follow the hand. I mean, like I said, that's all left over from like a more fun movie. But. In that scene alone, it just goes to show, like, aside from Dita, these zombies aren't a threat to anybody. Even the smart zombies aren't even really a threat. Well, most of the movie, they spend not caring about our heroes. Yeah, that's really. right. They're just like, oh, let them, let them go. Well, and why, like, why are the zombies sleeping? Like, they go inside the hotel and like- Hibernating. They're, they're hibernating. They're I'm like, hibernating. You just can't steal stuff from I Am Legend <laughs> and say, like, oh, here it is in my zombie movie. I guess it's so we the had The thing that-, that makes zombies scary- Sorry, I'll let you get to your point in a sec. The thing that makes zombies scary in a, in a movie, like in a proper zombie movie, is that, like, they never stop. There's no off switch. They're dead. They don't need the same stuff. They don't need to rest. And so, the idea that, like, if they're coming for you, they're never going to stop until they get you. But in this movie, it's just like, oh, the zombies take breaks- they, they fall asleep. We can sneak past them while they're snoozing. Pfft, why? Why are they asleep? What do they need to sleep for? Yeah. I, you know, what I was- They're gonna, not alive. Yeah. What I was going to say is I think that that was all there for the scene where they're sneaking past the sleeping zombies, which I didn't mind that. It was okay. It was a little long in the tooth. And I like- There the- was a lot of things that were long in the tooth. Yes. My God. Like, I think we could have had a much shorter, more impactful scene of them sneaking through the zombies. Sure. I mean, I like the bit when, like, the, they kept making noise and the zombies kept waking up and the girl with the bandana had to keep stabbing the zombies stealthily. That was kind of cool, yeah. That was a fun bit. But like I said, these are sort of like islands in a sea of like doldrums. Very true. And and ultimately, it was just a boring movie, a clock watching yes. movie for the most part. And occasionally you'd get some- And it was such a shame because there is that, those elements that you're like, oh, this-, this And here's this the one thing. element. And if you, if you know, you know, Matty D, but there's every chance that you miss this. Some of the zombies are robots- why the fuck are some of them robots? What are robots? You which didn't one, notice, did you? Which ones are robots? No. You didn't notice. So, you may have noticed in some scenes that some of the zombies have glowing blue eyes. Oh, maybe. You, I- you were probably, like, glancing at your phone, <laughs> not really paying attention to the movie. Well, is, is, that, is that just not like There's a, a scene thing? as well. No. There's a scene as well where a zombie falls on the ground. Dave Bautista blasts his head with a machine gun. The uh-huh. skin comes off his face, revealing a robot skull with glowing blue lights and electricity underneath. Okay, so he's- so, they're putting Easter eggs for something in the future. Yes. And then when the king zombie gets his head blown up, you see that there's electronics in his brain as well. When, he's, when his face is- When, when his, his head's, head's blown, blown up, up, yeah. I didn't notice electronics. 
So I thought you, that was you a, just weren't paying attention. I thought that was a cool effect. Uh, and know. so I was watching it with my brother. We were both watching the movie. We had both actually seen the movie beforehand, so I had to begrudgingly get, drag him into watching it a second time. We were sitting there, and he was sort of like half paying attention, half not paying attention. Uh, you know, it's almost impossible to pay attention at the like the two hour fifteen minute mark of this movie. It's very hard. But I was watching the scene, and then I saw like the skin get ripped off the zombie's face and revealing like a robotic face underneath. And I was like, "What the fuck?" Was that the first time you noticed it? Yes. Yeah. And I'd seen the movie before, and so I rewound and I replayed the scene three times. And I pointed to my brother. And I'm like, "Is that a robot?" And he says, "Yes, that's definitely a robot." Why the fuck are there robot zombies in this movie? And why didn't they do anything with them? I know it's going to be like, oh, in the future, we're going to explore the origins of the the zombies. Uh, Yeah. Also, the first thing we see in the movie is two UFOs. (laughs) You probably didn't notice that either. Nope. So, when they're leaving Area 51, we see like the truck leaving with like the big container with the the alpha zombie in it. Yeah. Presumably a robot zombie in it. And in the background, there's just two UFOs sort of like hovering over in the background. And then you see them fly off into the sky. Holy shit. So, are the zombies aliens? Are they like cyborg aliens from space? Well, I guess- That spread like an alien infection? They never sort of say whether- whether And they're never going to explode. Yeah, well, so maybe it was an alien then that they're shipping out. I guess that makes sense. And then that that causes the zombie- And then also, why are there more robotic aliens? Wouldn't there just be the one? We'll never know. That's the thing. I don't know. They're, They're building them. Who knows? They're building robot zombies. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? This is something that we're, they're never going to explore in the future, so we're just left here with a huge question mark. Crazy. But like I said, it's fast enough that you wouldn't notice, and like unless you're really looking out for it, I suppose, you on a rewatch, you probably wouldn't notice it either. So no one notices it because no one's rewatching yeah. this trash. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think some people did notice the robot zombies because they tweeted to Zack Snyder and they're like, hey, what's the deal with the uh, robot zombies? And he's like, oh, you noticed them, did you? That's something we're going to explore in a future project. Nope, never happening. So, <laughs> hey, waste man. of time. Maybe we just didn't get it. Maybe maybe it was too yeah. smart for us. I'm sure there's people out there who really enjoyed this movie. That's really sure. wasn't for us. No. We've already talked about how this could be a better movie. It wasn't the movie we wanted. We so. talked about the scenes as well that we did like in the movie. I guess expectations are the thief of joy in a lot of ways. So Yes. We kind of expected something else. That's the motto of the show. <laughs> So, what do you, the dear listener, think of Army of the Dead? Did you like the movie? Are you the one person out there who really liked the movie? What did you like about it? Did you not like the movie? What did you hate about it? You can let us know at several places. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can leave us a comment on this episode's page on our Podbean site. Or you can send us an email at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. Now, interestingly enough, I just wanted to mention this as well before we wrap up our conversation on Army of the Dead. When we released that original episode two years ago, it was a couple of months before the movie came out. We were actually contacted by the official Army of the Dead, like, marketing team. <laughs> They're like, oh, we saw that you did, like, a podcast on uh, our movie. Can well, in we, that case, we loved your movie. Can we uh, promote it on, like, the official website? And I was just like, yeah, sure, why not? You can do whatever. But then, obviously, like, they listened to the episode <laughs> and then heard how much, like, we were shitting on things <laughs> and then decided not to follow it up. Okay, fair enough. I remember telling you about that, like, uh, yeah. a couple of years I rem- ago. I remember that, yeah. But I still think that's funny. <laughs> they listen to this show. We, oh, well, not for everybody. Because I think we had some, like, not too kind words to say about Zack Snyder <laughs> in that original episode. We said good things. Yeah. We said we like Watchmen. Yeah. He's got to like that. No one likes Watchmen. Yeah. He's got he's to get a kick out of that. But we also talked about Sucker Punch. We talked about- Hey, uh, man. He's got to look in the mirror and realize Sucker Punch was a shit movie. Yes. So, anytime that he's left alone to come up with his own original concept- the man just pulls out failures. <laughs> so, stick to adapting other people's work, Zach. Yes. yes. And I'll love you. Whatever you do, as long as you're adapting someone else's work. Because <laughs> let them do the writing for you. You can do all the cool visuals and the like, the tricky camera work. Let them handle the storytelling. <laughs> yeah, just- you're clearly incapable. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. So, uh, you can put that on the official Army of the Dead website that no one's going to anymore. <laughs> Zack Snyder is unsubscribing to the podcast. He's no longer yeah. listening to any more shows. We've hurt his feelings. Yeah. So, before we wrap it up for another week, let's talk about what we're going to be predicting the plot of next week. Oh, Maddie D, I'm sure you're going to be excited for this one. I'm super pumped. Are you Super Mario pumped for it? Because next week we're talking about the Super Mario Brothers movie. We're going to be predicting what's going to happen in it. And we're going to have to get a wriggle on again because it's coming out next week. This is so exciting that we're covering movies that are, Yes, it just means that we've fallen behind. (laughs) We've fallen behind at some point. True, true. Well, here's the thing. There's a movie coming out every single week for the rest of the year. So, we do not even have time to cover all the movies that we want to cover. I mean, we could start going back to doing a movie prediction every week. 
But we have such a big backlog of uh, actual spoilers to do, and I think it's important that we do them. Yeah. That we, we just have to skip over movies that we want to do. So, unfortunately, everybody who wanted us to do a Dungeons & Dragons episode, unfortunately, you're not going to get that. So sad. There's other movies in the future that I'll point out that we were intending to cover. But, yeah, unfortunately, we're going to have to skip some because the slate for movies this year is intense. It's intense. So, we're going to be doing week of release movies for the rest of the year, Matty D. Fun. <laughs> so, look forward to that. So, please join us next week when we're here to talk about Woohoo! Super Mario Brothers! I love it. And until then, we'll see you then. Easy peasy, Japanesey. <clears throat> Sorry, sir. We're not allowed to say that anymore. It's lemon squeezy now. Yeah, but I'm. I think it's fine if he's Japanesey. As you wish. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Yo!